Good evening, church. It's so good to have you join us for our uh, Christmas Eve service. And I just got some things to share with you uh, this evening that maybe you hadn't thought a lot about, but but hopefully it'll help you as you move forward in this Christmas season. You know, most people in America, even if they rarely crack open a Bible, are probably familiar with the passage of Scripture that we've read already in Luke chapter 2. You see, every December since 1965, sandwiched between scenes of the Grinch slithering around Whoville and George Bailey being saved by Clarence the Angel and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer running around the North Pole with Herbie and Elf, who wants to be a dentist, we find Linus in the Charlie Brown Christmas story, and he's discovering the true meaning of Christmas that's found in the Gospel of Luke. But this evening, I want to look at Luke's story from a little different angle, one that you might not have thought about before. You see, sometimes we can become so familiar with the Christmas story that we miss the little things or, or some of the people that may not seem like major players, but who were used to illustrate some major principles. So I want to spend our time with a group of shepherds Because as we unpack the part that they've played in this story, we'll discover that this is really a message of love, a message of hope, and and a message of peace and joy for each of us that are watching today. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be focusing on uh, basically verses 8 through 14. Um. I'm really happy to have my grandkids with us for this holiday season, and my my granddaughter Hattie read at the beginning of our of our service. And right now, I want my grandson Micah to read this passage out of Luke chapter two, verses eight through fourteen. Luke two eight through fourteen. That night, some shepherds were in the fields nearby, watching their sheep. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord was shining around them, and they became very frightened. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news that will be a great joy to all the people. Today your Savior was born in the town of David. He is Christ the Lord. This is how you will know him. You will find a baby wrapped in pieces of cloth and lying in a feeding box. Then a very large group of angels from heaven joined the first angel, praising God and saying, Give glory to God in heaven, and on earth let there be peace among the people who please God. Thanks, Micah. I appreciate that. Now step back from this story for a moment, and I want you to imagine that you're a part of a royal family, and you want to announce the most amazing and the most joyous news that there ever was, an event that would literally change the whole course of history. Now think about that, because who would you announce that to? I mean, who do you tell? Who do you invite to come and see this amazing baby that is about to be born? You see, when a child is born to a member of royalty, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, gold leaf invitations are sent to political leaders, foreign heads of state, and to anyone who is anyone but they probably are not sent to the outcasts of society. See, the point is that you would expect an event like the birth of the promised Messiah 
to be announced to the most important people in the nation. But in our story, none of them get the word. None of them were invited. Now, there's one thing that we need to keep in mind. There's only one announcement of Christ's birth recorded in the scriptures. There's only one invitation from God to come and visit Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. Only one. And so, who does God give that announcement to? I mean, who does he invite to come and see the one who was born to die for the sins of all mankind? Well, the announcement is given to a ragtag collection of uneducated, smelly, low-class shepherds. Now, before we go on, let me give you a little background to help us understand the life of a shepherd. You see, shepherds were probably the last people you would expect God to take notice of, especially for the birth of his promised Messiah. Why? Well, because one of, one of the reasons is this. They were considered religious outcasts. According to Jewish law, the shepherds were unclean. Their line of work prevented them from making sacrifices at the temple or for showing up for the feasts or going to the synagogue. And and their deepest theological questions were probably just with a bunch of stupid sheep. So when everyone else was doing the religious thing, the shepherds, all they were doing was watching sheep. But the second reason is this, because they were considered social outcasts. Since they were constantly on the move to find new pastures for their flocks, they were looked on with suspicion. They were often accused of being thieves. If something came up missing, guess what? It was probably the shepherds who took it. In fact, they were not allowed to give testimony in legal proceedings because their word wasn't considered trustworthy. So again, why do you think God sent the angel to shepherds. Well, as I was thinking about this and pondering over that question, there was one thing that just kept coming and jumping out at me through this passage. And it was this. I believe that God was letting them know that the birth of the Messiah was for all people. Even people just like them. People who the religious community looked down on. People who, from a social standpoint, they were considered thieves. They were considered bad. They were considered untrustworthy. And yet God was looking upon them in a, from a totally different angle and a totally different view. He was looking upon them as people who needed the Messiah as well. You see, God doesn't respect kings and princes more than the common man. He doesn't value priests or pastors above the people in the pews. He doesn't give preferential treatment to one group over another. God's love is available to all on the same basis. It's by faith in Jesus, his son. That's why the angel said, do not be afraid. Now, let me ask you, Why would these shepherds be afraid? I mean, what would cause them to be afraid? Well, 
They would be afraid because in their mind, they understood that when an angel would appear to someone, that it was an omen. It was as though God was going to bring his wrath down upon them. And so the angel calms their fears. He says, no, 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 no. God's not going to wipe you out. He's not going to take you out. In fact, this is what I have for you. And this is what the angel says. I bring, I am bringing you good news that will be a great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior has been born in the town of David. He is Christ the Lord. Now, did you catch the news that removed their fears? The news was this. Their Savior was born. Their Savior. They discovered in that one verse that God's heart beats for them. That no matter what people said, no matter how much the religious leaders and community put them down, they now know just how much God values them and just how much God loves them. Their Messiah had come. And now everyone, including them, had a chance at life eternal life with their God. Now let's fast forward 30 years because all you have to do is to look at who Jesus hung out with because he came for those who needed him the most. He hung out with the outcasts of society, the tax collectors, the sinners. He, he hung out with those who needed him the most. And can I be really honest with you? That is you and me. We are the ones who need him the most. He came for you so that you could know the hope and the peace that's found in him and the joy that comes from knowing you're forgiven. You see, the birth of Jesus is about God coming to us in our everyday lives and saying, you don't have to be afraid anymore because the love that I offer you casts out all fears. It's about God meeting us in our pain and, and our loneliness and saying, it's okay because I got this. And by the way, you're not alone because I will never leave you or forsake you. It's about God meeting us in our frustration and our anger and saying, I understand, man, I get it, I get it. And together we will learn how to deal with these. It's about God letting us know that Jesus' birth was for everyone, even the ones we won't have anything to do with. True story. His name was Bill, and Bill had wild hair. He wore a T-shirt and jeans with holes in them and flip-flops. And even though he was mildly eccentric, he was a brilliant young student at the university. And during his last year of college, he became a Christian. Across from the campus was a very traditional church. And they were wanting to develop a ministry to college-age students, but they weren't sure how to go about it. Well, one Sunday, Bill decided to go worship with them. And he walked in a little late with his wild hair and his T-shirt and his holes in his jeans and wearing his flip-flops. 
And the service had already started, so Bill just, he just started walking down the aisle looking for a seat. Now, it was Christmas weekend, and so the place was packed out. And it was hard to find a seat anywhere. And as he continued to walk towards the front, the people would just turn and stare at him, but nobody would move over to give him a seat. When he realized that there were no seats to be found, he just sat down in the aisle, right on the floor, crossed his legs, and sat there, just about even with the third row. And let me tell you, this kind of thing had never happened in that church before. Now, by now, the people were really uptight, and the tension was very thick in the air. But then it happened. John, a deacon in the church, who was roughly around 75 years old, he began to make his way up the aisle toward Bill. He was a very distinguished man who wore a three-piece suit and he walked with a cane. And in everybody's mind who was watching, they were thinking, all right, now John is going to take care of this young man. And he's going to let him know that these things don't happen in this church. John's going to straighten him out. After all, this is not how we worship. But something amazing happened. When John got next to Bill, he dropped his cane on the floor. And then easing down as as difficult as it was, he eased down and he sat down right next to Bill and he worshiped with him. I think that's why God sent the angel to the shepherds. It was to let them know and let us know that the Messiah, Jesus, was not only for all people, but more importantly, the Messiah's birth was for them. It was for them. And even though everybody else may look down on them, God didn't. And they were worth saving. So here's the question that I need to ask. And it's a question that you have to honestly answer this Christmas season. Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus was born for you personally? Not just everybody in the world. But do you believe he was born for you? You see, your answer will say a lot about how you live your life. Here's the thing. As I thought about the shepherds' encounter with the angel, as they heard the news that the Savior had been born, and the joy that entered their hearts as they came face to face with baby Jesus, I think something hit me, and it hit me hard as I began to think about this story and think about this encounter that these shepherds had with the angel. And it was this. Their opportunity to experience this life-changing moment only happened because they were willing to accept the invitation that the angel gave. And then act upon it. 
And here's the thing that got me. Hope, joy, and peace and love only begins for you when you accept the invitation. That's where it begins. It begins by accepting God's invitation for you to meet Jesus. You see, without that foundation, you'll never really be able to experience those things in your life. Because meeting Jesus never stops impacting and it never stops shaping and it never stops transforming our lives. It never stops giving us hope for the present as well as for the future. And it never stops giving us opportunities to experience his joy and his peace and his amazing love that he gives. So for us on this Christmas Eve, I think the thing that we need to do is simply this. We need to ask ourselves, do I believe that Jesus came for me? Do I believe that? And if so, have I accepted God's invitation to meet him? I want to pray with you. And then after I pray, we're going to go into a time of communion and we're going to go into a time of worship. Father, I just thank you for all you do. God, I thank you for loving us the way you do. I thank you for what you can teach us through a group of shepherds who are just willing to listen to the message that the angel gave. The message that calmed their fears and gave them hope. The message that the birth of the Messiah was for them. And God, help us to never forget that. That Jesus' birth was also for us. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.